that should have just been our thing. We're just coming in on a real mellow note right now. It's good. What's going on, everyone? Patrick Ali, uh, self-proclaimed the mortgage guy, coming at you with live on real estate. Another episode. Uh, we're going to get the introductions out of the way quick right now because this office is actually really cold right now. Um, so let's get everybody in and out as quick as we can. So CP is joining me as always. What's up, buddy? Hey, man. Good What's to be here. What's going on? And then we uh, we have a special guest here today. Uh, his first time, uh, well, both of you first time, but first time uh, for one of our people in our office to hit the podcast. Went from processor to now licensed loan originator. Just got licensed, so congratulations. Thank you. Nate Moser, what's up, buddy? What's going on? I got some stuff to talk to you about today. Yeah, I'm just doing some jump jacks over here trying yeah. to stay warm. <laughs> right. No big deal. He was standing, just so everybody knows, he was standing in the corner beforehand because he didn't want to sit down, didn't want to put headphones on, but you're on it. Now you're in it. I'm shaking. You're shaking in your boots. And then mm -hmm. <laughs> join with us, as always. We try to bring in somebody that has a ton of knowledge, a true professional in the industry. Uh, today, we're lucky enough to have uh, Chris Griffin of the Puritan team. How you doing? I'm great. It's good That's to be awesome. here. That's good. And then we uh, we also got a quick little story beforehand that the car just didn't wasn't trying to make it this morning. wasn't wasn't feeling it today. And you said yeah. 15 minutes out in this frigid cold. 15 minutes getting that baby going. <laughs> we we spent like 20 minutes yesterday talking about this too and how he's gonna run it till it dies. Today was almost his day. Okay. It was. Well, how old is this car? 2013. Okay. So it's not that I got an 06 <laughs> Fusion. She she started up all right yeah. this morning. So Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Well, maybe I should just, take a note. Just, <laughs> just run it in. <laughs> well, the first car was a 95 Dodge Neon. Dodge Neon, by the way. Uh, that thing ran. I ran that into the ground. And she she lasted a long time. You know, they so, say those are chick magnets, those cars. It, well, that's that's, that's how I got say. my wife. So. Oh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so enough about uh, enough about our, our vehicles and our, our escapades here in the snow. It's uh, it's pretty frigid. It is cold out, like they said. So uh, everybody drive safe, stay warm, uh, and stay inside. Keep the kids home from school, too. Let them play hooky. And uh, if they're not already closed. So I just want to start out the podcast, obviously. And this is something we do kind of for everybody. I just want to know a little bit about you. Kind of give us the, you know, the quick synopsis on how you got started, where you come from, um, and kind of, you know, what you're doing there, the Puritan team's doing today. Sure. So, you know, when I was in college, you know, I always knew I wanted to do something different. Mm -hmm. I wasn't sure what that was going to be. Yeah. Um, I actually, and I'll get more into this with you later on through mm -hmm. the podcast, but I, um, flipped some houses in college, which was oh, cool. kind of cool. Yeah. Um, and I found my way onto the Puritan team. It was interesting because I was at my career services office, yeah. Um, and my counselor, I'm like, you know, listen, I just don't want to go out and, yeah. you know, get a nine to five. I just don't feel like doing that. Right. Um, and she's just like, well, here, call my husband. So I call the guy up. I don't know what the job is, what the pay is. I just go in there. And I actually interviewed for it three times. Still really had no idea really? what I was going to be doing. <laughs> um, and didn't know what the pay was until yeah. I started. Um and I just did it because it was in real estate, and I like real estate, yeah. and I wanted to get in the field, um, and that's where I started as a inside sales rep. Okay, uh, what I was there. Yeah. Oh, nice. Um, so that was a tough job, but it, you learn a yeah. lot. So it's a lot of phone calls. Yeah, a lot of phone calls. <laughs> who uh, who were you working with? So I was working with Kevin Mill. Kevin okay. Mill's wife 
referred me over, and then she, he worked for Stacy at the time. So gotcha. Oh, that's awesome. how it started. So, okay. Wow. Yeah, wow. And so you're coming cool. up on what year in, in real estate? So I've actually only been active in the field since May. Oh, okay. Really? Wow. Yeah, oh, so, all right. Yeah. Nice. So nice. We're, and we're cranking and w- when you were, because you went to you went to Oakland, right? I did go. To what Oakland. did What did you study at Oakland? So I studied general business. So okay. Business administration. Got it. Got it. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, that was what it was. so there wasn't anything like that was geared towards real estate at that time. No. It was just more or less geared towards business. Yeah, just business. I knew it was. Yeah business I wanted to do but I wasn't sure what fact facet of it so yeah that's kind of how it started okay for me, you nice. know? So while you were there though you just mentioned that you actually got in and flipped a couple of homes while still in school I did that's awesome man. I that's, did. Uh, that's entrepreneurial it's uh, it's go get them I did yeah, yeah the first one was pretty exciting the second one I actually just put some money into and funded it so okay. I didn't, it wasn't very hands-on right. The first one was really cool, yeah. though. So uh, we bought a, a house from the land bank down there, which was exciting. So I bought it with a fraternity brother of mm-hmm. mine. Um, we got it for, I think it was just over six grand we yeah. bought okay. it for. Yeah. Uh, didn't know what we were getting into. Right. And we had all the brothers down there. Um, turned into quite a project. Mm-hmm. Um, it took almost a year because what happened was I actually had to um, – once we had it all done, you know, I had to track down all the people that lived there since 1955. Yeah. All their houses. I had to get all their titles off. Um, but it was very cool. We got scouted by a couple production companies. Yeah. Um, Leftfield awesome. Entertainment called oh, wow. us up. Um, they wanted us to do, um, they wanted to scout us for a couple TV shows they were going to be launching on MTV2. Mm-hmm. Oh, really? Um, yeah. Very cool. So, um, you know, we made NBC News on it. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's really what got me started. And yeah. I do want to get back to that. But right. um, what a cool concept. Yeah. It's yeah, that's awesome. You, can you, gave up a, that's a, you gave up a lot of ramen noodles. For, I did. Uh, to, to yeah. do that. That's really cool, though. I so, I mean, how do you kind of incorporate, obviously, that experience and the experience that you got through you know, getting so much attention for it to now what you're doing in real estate. I mean, is that something that you're, are you talking more about investing now or is it just mainly focusing on buyers and sellers? And So right now I'm focusing on buyers and sellers yeah. right now. Yeah. You know, my main goal one day, I do want to be a developer. That mm-hmm. is the goal to get there, but you got to start somewhere. Right. Yeah. And I like this because it's in the industry. You learn so many different facets of the industry. Yeah. You know, it's just amazing the people you meet and the stuff you can learn. So right. I don't know what better place to be. Right. No, absolutely. You know, the opportunity is endless. Yeah, that yeah. is. And and just kind of going on uh, in a little different direction, too, because Nate, as you just got into obviously real estate, Nate, you just got into becoming a licensed loan officer. But you do have the experience of being a processor behind that. Um Kind of explain, because I don't think a lot of people know really what's going on, but kind of explain like your situation here at Hall Financial, going from processor to loan officer, and how those things kind of are going to help you in your business. Yeah, so for the last three years, um, I was actually the ninth employee in the company ever, so I'm pretty excited to nice. still be be a part of that and still be able to claim that fame. Um, been processing the whole time up until literally like today. Yeah. My, the license <laughs> is literally like today. It's a great day. I'm smiling. Um, so being able to do that and work with all of our clients, you know, probably 30, 40% of our clients in the lifetime of the company. Yeah. Um, gives me a lot of background and how to work with them and how to make sure that everything's going smooth and what right. we're going to need and just preparing things up front, setting the right expectations, doing all the things that make a really great experience. Yeah. Um, so getting into the sales side of things, I kind of know, you know, pretty much full circle the entire process now, especially internally with being yeah. here since the beginning and creating most of right. the, the processes and procedures. Um, really excited for it because yeah. it just, it's going to make me 
be the full package. Right. And, and then the partnership between the two of you kind of is cool because now you have experience to where I don't want to say it's not a smooth transaction. So I think the real, the real estate transaction or the mortgage transaction is tough. You know, sure. we, I think as professionals in the industry, we all take on a lot of burdens in the background and, you know, behind the scenes that our clients don't see. And it's only to benefit them because you want it to be a smooth, beneficial transaction. But for somebody like you that was processing and then somebody like you that, you know, has a little bit of investing uh, experience, I think it just gives you a wealth of knowledge when it, when you start developing partnerships of, number one, we know exactly what we need. You know, Nate is, I go to him still for a lot of the things that I do, you know, that I try to help out on the processing side to just make the transaction smoother. But I think all in all, it just gives you a, a lot more confidence kind of going into this this type of world. And for you especially, Chris, you you know, doing inside sales is probably, I would say, one of the toughest things to like do in any type of sales company because you're like, you are the, uh, the welcome mat to the company. You know what I mean? So then when you start taking on the role of uh, dealing with these clients, it's not any more of, you know, hey, do you want to buy a house or sell a house? Okay, let me get you somebody. Now you have to now take that conversation and and build on it, build a relationship off of it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah what would you know from from your role in doing that? What do you are there like a couple things that you kind of lean back on now in your career that you know maybe are 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 posts or of or pillars of of you know just what you learned as your time as an yeah. ISA? What are the sure. kind of the big things? Well, you know, personally, my opinion, I think every agent should be an ISA yeah. before they're an agent. Sure. You know, um, the biggest thing is you learn how to how to hard sell. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, basically you have to close. You have to get these people because you're doing them a disservice if you just run out and show them a house. Right. You know, um, and you know, uh, you need to get these people in the office to meet with them. Um, and I think that's one of the biggest things that I go back on from that job um, is how do you do that? How do you create value? Right. You know, why is somebody coming in to begin with? Right. That's a really yeah. good question. Like, why Why am I coming in to meet with you? You have to explain that mm-hmm. to the prospect to bring them in and show that you're going to provide them with knowledge and help them. And then you can get out there and the transaction goes so much smoother. Mm-hmm. Right. So I think that's the biggest thing. You said something that was just that just absolutely stuck with me just now is, mm-hmm. you know, you're doing them a disservice if you don't you know, if you just run out and say, yeah, absolutely, let's go to, let's go look at houses. Let's get this thing going. I mean, people don't realize that, you know, that's what they right. want, right? right? When they call you initially or when you speak to someone, if they actually have an interest, they want to just go look. Right. But just running out and doing that is, you know, I, I don't think people fully understand how, how wrong that actually is. Mm-hmm. Can you kind of go on and expand yeah, on that yeah. a little? So this is the thing, you know, you go out and show somebody a house, you really don't know what their criteria is, you know, what their financing is. You have right. no idea who this person is. And you're just going to go run out to somebody's house and open a door for them. Right. I mean, it just it doesn't make sense to me, especially with these higher price point ones, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, you know, you really need to be cautious about who you're bringing into these houses. In my opinion, if they're not willing to meet with you in the office for 30 minutes, they're not serious or you don't want them as a client. That's my honest opinion, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, and some people might not like that, but I mean, that's how you get, you know, if you're going to be successful in this business, not everybody's going to like you. Well, there's, it's got to be consistency. You know what I mean? There's exactly. got to be a, if you're going to form a process to where, 
you know, this is basically going to be your brand. You know, I can walk into any, uh, I mean, call any real estate company and they're going to give me, you know, an opportunity to go see a house and I don't have financing mm-hmm. as opposed to I'm going to call Chris and he wants to meet with me. He wants to get to know me, my wife, my family before we go and take that next step in our lives. Right. I think it just adds a lot of value to the person that you're number one that you're working with. But I think it adds a lot of value to the other side of the transaction because now you have the knowledge from uh, you know the real estate standpoint, the mortgage standpoint, to talk to that listing agent because right. you you keep in communication with these people. So to know that hey, listen, I know everything that I can about these people. I know that you know Joe Schmo walked in and he seemed a little shady on assets, and the lender even told me the same. So this might be something that we have to worry about and process. You just have that knowledge now. I think it's I think it's super important. Sure. I really I really really do. And and when you're you know so when you go into let's say like a buyer's consultation. Mm-hmm. Are you typically going to them or are they coming to your office? So it depends where they're at. Typically, yeah. I'm going to try to get them to me. Yeah. Okay. You know, nine times out of 10, I'm going to get them to me. I've got a thing for the Royal Oak Keller Williams. I love their office. Yeah. <laughs> so I like to go there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I go there sometimes. Right. Um, but yeah, typically I'm going to get them to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I break it down to, you know, I say, listen, we're going to go into your criteria. We're going to go over how the inspection typically is going to go. We're going to mm-hmm. go over the appraisal. We're going to talk about, you know, a lot of times people might have an idea what kind, what price home they're looking mm-hmm. at. But I'm like, you need to talk to a lender. I need to know what kind of, you know, loan you're going to get. Do we need concessions? There's so right. many things we need to know. Um, yeah. So we dig into all that. Yeah, Do you I, find that people push back on that? Like, look, 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 you know, that's a lot. I don't know if I really want to get into all that. But, you know, I mean, we're, you know, we want to look at some homes. We're, we're considering you know, buying in the next six months. But that, that you know, we don't want to get into all that. Do you, do you feel that push at all? Sometimes we get that push. And you know how I responded. I said, listen, this is a huge investment for you. Right. You want to do it the right way. If you do it the wrong way, if you get hooked up with the wrong lender, the wrong agent, it, it might not go very well. You know, so you no. want to make sure you do this the proper way. And, you know, my famous lie, I tell people, I don't tell you what you want to hear. I tell you what you need to hear. Yeah, I love you know, it. We're the experts for a reason. That's right. why people call us, and we have to make sure that we're giving them the experience and the, the right knowledge. You're absolutely right. Mm-hmm. I mean, listen, like anybody can go, and we. I literally feel like a broken record because so we talk about this every week, but you can literally go on Google and Realtor.com and Trulia, and you can virtually do your mortgage and your real estate transaction I, I would say on your own, but at mm. the same time, most of those people fail because they're not entrusting in a professional or they're thinking that, you know, because NBC told me that rates are super high, I shouldn't buy now. And this person told me that it's the winter time, so I shouldn't go out and look for a house because there's no inventory. Mm-hmm. Instead of sitting down with the human being and across the table from him and saying, oh, this is what I want. And then having that human being tell you, like, listen. I don't think it's the right time for you now, or I think you're absolutely in a good, in, in a perfect position now, financially and you know emotionally or whatever else goes into the the process of buying a home, to to get out there and find something that's going to be right for you and your family. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, and going back to the expert thing, just real quick, like mm-hmm. people come in and sit down and say, "This is what I want." Mm-hmm. Well, in all reality, a five minute conversation later, they might completely change their mind as to what they need. Yeah. And another thing, you know, we've got people and they say, "I want to be in this area and I want this type of house." That's not even a realistic thing. So consulting an expert is step one every single time. Yeah, Mm -hmm. Nate and I talked about one that we, it was a long time ago that we had a a person that was pre-approved and we were getting ready to get them into process and like they just had to have a clawfoot bathtub. Like, and they were looking around like St. Clair Shores, they were looking at Harrison Township, this area, they just had, that's, that was like their criteria. 
And I was like, okay, now we're talking about wants versus needs on like a whole nother extreme. Like take whatever you can get <laughs> and then put that in later. Like right. don't worry about it. So, but I want to go, I, I want to kind of rewind a little bit back to um, you investing when you're in college. You, sure. know, you did a couple of homes and you, one of the topics that you wanted to talk about, which I think is great, is the revitalization of Detroit. Mm-hmm. And you said that you did do a couple, the like, couple that you did were in Detroit. Is that right? One was in Detroit. Okay. One was in Harrison Township. Oh, nice. We're yeah. at in Harrison Township. It was on Orchid Street. Okay. So it's basically the border of yeah. St. Clair Shores. I'm like, uh, I'm three streets from there. Okay. Yeah. Patrick okay. just got real happy just now. Yeah, I get, I, get, I get all geeked Hometown. up. Yeah, right. Gotcha. I was going to say, I hope it's not my house because I know my house was redone mm-hmm. too. And I'm like, oh, God. What kind of work did we do? Yeah, what kind of work did we do? Now I got to go yeah. back in the records. No, um, but so talk about kind of, you know, I, I want to elaborate a little bit more about the Detroit thing. And, sure. you know, you did, you said you did a, an investment there. Kind of talk about, I guess, where that market was and what was going on in Detroit to where that's been able to build, because it's incredible to see the changes as of even the last five or six years. It is. It is. So, I mean, well, the particular market that we were at, mm. we were almost Hamtramck. Okay. We were at Kniffin Mound. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So basically right there. Yeah. Um, so those houses right there, they're all jammed up on top of each mm-hmm. other, but they're really, they've got a lot of character in those yep. subs yeah. there. Um, and people tend to keep up their homes there, which is really nice. Um, I think the biggest thing that we started to see, because we were the first major flip on that street, um, the neighbors actually started copying us. Which oh, really? Was cool. Yeah. Yeah. So two doors down, they actually ripped off the whole front of the house and copied our. Oh, our nice. House. <laughs> Literally ripped the whole front off. So that's um, awesome. No, I, I think that there's really some specific neighborhoods in Detroit yeah. that are really seeing some. You know, North End I think is phenomenal right yeah. now. Um, just north of New Center, you drive yep. through there, it's amazing to see the projects they have going on. Um, and, and you know, I think it's interesting because. You know, I get so many calls from Facebook notes from people that are out of the country. Yeah. You know, I had a guy from Buenos Aires um, about two weeks ago. He's looking to invest in the city as well. Um, You know, I I think there's just so much opportunity there that can be utilized and capitalized on Mm -hmm. um, that's just not yet. You know, yeah, um, and that's my opinion on it. Well, in, in CP, I mean, you were down, you were worked down in the city for yeah. you know a long time now. Right. I mean, talk about just your experience from seeing where Detroit was to where it is today, because you you were obviously at you know our friendly lender down the road. Yeah, no, absolutely. A- and you got to kind of see the revitalization and what that actual company yeah. was doing there. So talk a little bit about. Well, that. I mean, when we moved down there, you know, it was it was not uncommon on a weekly basis to have a company-wide email about a suspicious package that was left or a duffel bag that was here or there. I mean, you could fire a cannon down the streets. There was like three places to eat for lunch. And, you know, you move that forward six, seven years to what has become a, you know, even a destination spot, you know, as far as an actual vibrant, active city. Mm -hmm. You know, blocks and blocks and blocks completely renovated. Uh, and mm. not just Woodward Avenue either, you know, right. either side of it. So, you know, what had to happen is what is happening and has happened. You have to start with a downtown core. Right. Mm-hmm. And you have to rebuild that and you have to make that vibrant and you have to make it a place that people want to go. And then you can start spreading out into the neighborhoods. And that's what we're starting to see. And that's what you're talking about, mm-hmm. Chris. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just a matter of time, right? right? Until the neighborhoods catch up to where, uh, you know, the, the, the occupancy va- factor within the city as far as right. as far as uh, housing is concerned is vacant i mean you can't go live in detroit right now you can't find a place to rent mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. 
you know, so it's a matter now of the neighborhoods catching up, and I think that's what we're starting to see. So yeah, yeah. and and that's that's exactly right too. You know, when you start on, because I, I remember being at an all company meeting and we talked about this, and somebody stood up. He's like, you know, I'm from the outskirts of Detroit, and you know, it's great that you're doing all this stuff in the in the center, but what about what about me? And what you're kind of seeing, and, and what a lot of other people are seeing, especially in some of Ferndale and Berkeley and that those kind of places too, is that when you start there. People, people do catch on and people start to kind of ha- get that bug themselves and they want to start renovating. Just like you said, you had people on the street that you were working on, they were copying your work. Well, I think that that's great because yeah. then you get down the road 10, 15 years when, when it just starts spreading like wildfire and it just, it can, it can rebuild and reinvent and recreate a city. I mean, my dad has been at down in Detroit. He's worked out of Eastern market for, I don't know, since I, since my, my brother's been born and sure. my brother's 33 or 34, I think, hopefully I remember. Anyway, he's in the thirties. Um, and it's just even what I've seen, you know what I mean? Like we weren't, we weren't allowed to go down to Detroit when right. I was younger. And now it's like, I take my kids down there. We go down to Eastern market and we are on the, around the strip or we go to my dad's factory. And it's like, yeah. it's just an, it's a great place to be now. Yeah. So there is, and they've got, you know, that seven and Livernois district. Yeah. You know, it's amazing that so the city's actually what they're doing is they're renovating houses in there. Right. But they're taking out some of these vacant lots and they have like trails that are gonna lead to a central park. Very cool concept. Yeah. Um, you know, so just mm-hmm. some of these neighborhoods and I, I believe they just said they saw the first uh, real estate value raise across the whole city in the past twenty years. That's awesome. That's cool. That was Man. Just announced. About time. So, That's really cool. So um, what's yeah. what's kinda what's kind of on the bucket list for you as far as are you gonna continue to mm-hmm. try to grow in Detroit or are you looking to obviously branch out, but you know, sure. talking about the revitalization of Detroit, you're going to try to get on that bandwagon and really try to build it? I really do. You know, my yeah. heart's there. It's just where my heart is, you know. And it's not because it, they give free scooters on the streets or anything. It's not that. <laughs> it's great. Yeah, they do. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, no, I you know, I think the biggest thing right now for this year, I'm going to focus on sales hardcore. Yeah. We're going to get it done. Um, but I do want to get these projects started down there again. Yeah. I've always got my eye on it. Um, but yeah, you know, I want to start doing some flips down there again. My goal is by the end of the year. Um, and then what I really would like to do after that, we get that process going. I'd like to start moving into some apartment buildings down there as well. Um, in some of the neighborhoods and start to revitalize those. Um, that's really, you know, my, my full passion. I, Mm -hmm. I just love seeing things come from, you know, not being taken care of to these masterpieces yeah. that they once were so um yeah that's my that's so that's my like that's list. like the itch of the riverfront is what i'm gonna call it because yes. the riverfront properties were like i, I mean there's people that mm-hmm. bought those things for dirt cheap and now they're worth a ton of money mm-hmm. for them especially a lot of the apartments and the condos that were around that area just because of now what detroit is doing in the in the comeback so yep. that's cool yeah. that's very awesome so yep. Uh, another thing that we're going to just cop, hop on to the next topic, another thing that I want to talk about, and, and this is something that I've kind of been talking to, you know, our leadership team here the last couple of days is mm-hmm. positive and negative, ta- like tactical lead generation for people. Sure. And I think that this goes into a couple. So I'm going to give a quick story that we kind of talked about a little bit before yeah. and, and understand. So I've seen a lot of um, advertisements and, and majority of these advertisements have come from individual loan officers and then also real estate agents of saying like there's zero percent down programs or one percent down programs with 600 credit score first-time home buyers all you have to do is have a payment in the bank to make it work and i look at that as kind of like a negative lead Mm -hmm. generation because a lot of what we know in the industry is there's a lot and as you know there's a lot 
of moving pieces to a mortgage. And I don't mm-hmm. think, you know, out there then, and I think it's something that we have to talk about that's relevant is that, you know, just understand, number one, just because you see zero down on paper doesn't mean that you don't have to bring any money to the closing table. Right. Um, and another thing too is, is just because you see zero down doesn't truly mean that that's zero money down, right? I mean, there's a lot of things that we can collectively do as a partnership where in real estate, we can say you got to pay 3% down and then you can get 3% seller concessions. So for me, I can go back and say, well, it's technically you're not paying a down payment because we're covering it. You know, so I look at that and then I look at positively generation as something like building your portfolio, say, in Detroit mm-hmm. and people catch on to that. So I just want to kind of let everybody in the room kind of talk about it and what your collective thoughts are on, on certain things like this, because we do see them. And it's hard for the consumer because you have somebody that, you know, might have little experience, not necessarily time wise, but has little experience with really studying the market. And then you have somebody that has a lot of experience. Um, and that's where we kind of run into these issues. Right. Well, I mean, I'll, I'll throw a couple quick things out there. Right. So, I mean, from one side of the coin, from a business standpoint, yeah. right? your goal is to attract and talk to people. You right. want conversations. You want people that are interested. Now, whether they're interested and they're able to do something right now or whether it's six months Mm -hmm. or a year or a year and a half or whatever it is, you know, you want to build this database of people that are going to do something. Uh, It's just a matter of when, because as when comes, you know, then more and more of these people are turning into actual, you know, actual clients of yours. So it's a good model. The problem is, is that, you know, I mean, it's false, right? It's a lot of it. Some of it is based on just, yeah, on, on just pure falseness. Yeah. I mean, you can't mm-hmm. buy a house with zero down with a 600 credit score and have one payment in the bank. You just simply can't. Right. We know that you can't. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, but the other side of the coin is, do you go out and say, well, you know, if you have 20% down and 800 credit scores and, you know, you're right, $30,000 in reserves, then call me. I can help you because that's, you know, right. of course we want that guy, but, you know, they, sure. they know that they can get a loan. They it, don't. So, you know, I, I guess I'm interested, Chris, for your kind of take on it, because what do you do maybe that tries to generate opportunities for yourself? Because that's what we're all in this business. To right, do. right. Um, you know, and what what are some of the methods maybe that you use outside of, of course, you know, referrals and, and your sphere of influence and right. things like that? Outside of that. I'm a big fan of cold calling. Yeah. yeah. I know people don't like it that much, but I, I love it. Love it. Yeah. You know, it's amazing the people that you meet with cold <laughs> calling. Yeah. Um, so, you know, this is my take. I think the biggest thing is there's a lot of misconception out there because mm. of these types of things. Right, right. Um, you know, I think the biggest thing is, you know, there's ways to, you know, if, if someone's got maybe a 650 credit score and mm. they think they can't get approved or something, it's like, you know what, go to a lender, talk to a lender. You know, they'll get you on a path. Yeah. That's what I like to say. Right. I like to say they'll get you on a path yeah. to get you approved. So let's say it's not today. Maybe they can show you, you know, mm. hey, you got to do X, Y, and Z and you'll be good to go. I think that's more helpful than giving somebody false hope on something. Yeah, right. So that's my take on it. And I like to do that. I will send somebody to a lender um, if they've got this desire that they want a house. If the desire is there, let's just see where things are at and get a plan together to get them into something at some point in the future. Right. I think you said it very well earlier too, Chris, where you kind of alluded to the fact that you tell people what they need to hear, not what they want to hear. Mm -hmm. And that just, it full circles everything we've talked about for the last, I don't know how many minutes. It's just, it's the truth. You got to hear the right things. You got to do the right steps. You got to get to a point where you're in a position where you can affordably buy. Right. Yep. Well, and, and it just, it's like a, it's, it's a never ending circle too, because you're gonna you're going to have people out there that really truly believe 
um, the large, I say the large print instead of the small print. And there's so many other things that go on. Uh, like to your point, CP is like, if, if there was truly a 0% down program for somebody, you, say you close on your house today and your house depreciates by a dollar, you're underwater, like mm -hmm. simple enough. So think, you got to think about those things of like, okay, is this too good to be true? Or is this something that maybe I should have, you know, I know it's a comfort level with the person you're talking to, but is this something that's true? Or maybe should I do a little bit of research on my own? And that's why I love first time home buyers is because a lot of what they have are, they're not that they're, um, they're not that they're mis being misled. It's just misinformation because they're going to the wrong sources. They're going to Google and Zillow and Realtor.com and, you know, Movado and all these other websites that are saying like, oh, yeah, we can appraise your house from a phone app. You know what I mean? Or right. we can do all of these things. And then they talk to somebody and they're like, oh, you know, it's kind of like an oh shit moment. Like, oh, wow, I didn't realize that, uh, you know, there was A, B and C that had to kind of be in there to get me to Z. You know what I mean? That's not what Facebook says. Yeah, it's not what Facebook. <laughs> oh God, dude, that's where I see it on, man. That's, mm -hmm. that's not what Facebook tells me. Right. So. right. Well, yeah, I mean, we're consultants, right? right? That's our job, you know, in mortgages and in real estate, we're consultants. At the yeah. end of the day, you know, we need to take care of our clients. Right. You know, they might want to do, you know, they might want to go out and buy a $300,000 house, but at the end of the day, that might not be the best idea for them. Right, right, Maybe right, they need right. to be more like 250. So, right. you know, um, just stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And we and we say it week after week. It's, it takes a true professional and somebody that's knowledgeable about their product and that cares. I think that's the biggest thing. It's just somebody that actually cares about what they're doing. And it's not, you know, there's a transactional person versus a relationship builder. And if you're a transactional mm -hmm. person, you only care about the loan closing or the deal getting done because you're getting paid. And then mm -hmm. if you're a relationship builder, you care about that person and that newly, you know, those newlyweds, future kids one day that you may be in the industry and do their house and their aunts and their uncles. And that's, I think that that makes the biggest difference. So that's, that's pretty good. So if you're looking for a professional, looking for somebody that's knowledgeable, looking for somebody that, uh, you know, maybe you're an Oakland University uh alumni and you just need an alumni to talk to give us all your contact info uh we do you know name phone number email social security number bank account information all that stuff so we can get in contact with you sounds great yeah you're right start, start with the latter first I'll, I'll, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no give us all your contact information so we can get a hold of you absolutely yeah what your, your name and phone number yeah email. i'm gonna give you the social i'm gonna give you everything uh, nice nice <laughs> right, right, so, right. <laughs> righty so listen guys uh really appreciate everybody stopping by and hanging out with us uh nate thanks for joining us for the very first time yeah it was great potentially one of many yeah one of yeah. many um as long as you can get to a point where i can feel my fingers next time yeah well we'll get it we'll get a heater there's a heater above jess she's lucky so mm -hmm. I'm actually pretty warm now. Really yeah. good. Well, yeah. that's good. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> CP, as always. You betcha, man. It. And then, uh, Chris, do give us your phone number so people out there can get a hold of you and see if they want to look to buy or sell. Yeah, you got it. What is it? 248-410-8293. Nice. Fantastic. All right, that's another episode of Live on Real Estate. We'll see you next time.